seconds left. Double over top. Nets looking for the win. Johnson the step back. Hello, Brooklyn. This is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, Episode Four, Dirty Podcast. We are. Live? Recording live. <laughs> Recording live. <laughs> we're not live on the web, but we're live uh, right now, as in the preface. Uh, we are actually down the street from the Dean Street Emblem Health entrance at the Barclays Center. Um, different location today. I had to do some laundry, so might as well record a podcast while we're doing it, right? <laughs> I'm here with Justin, good old JT Farber. What's going on? Uh, and then we actually have a guest host today. Ooh, ooh applause, applause! Hi. They can see your hands when you do that. <laughs> we have we have our our buddy Mansoor. Uh, he's gonna he's been living in Brooklyn for a while. We're gonna get to know him and how he feels about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, also, we're gonna do a Bobcats Nets recap, although it's not really much of a recap. Um, do a little preview of the Wizard Nets uh, tomorrow night at the Barclays Center and. Um, just hang out and have a good time. As uh, or maybe we'll have a little soup time as Mr. Return. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way to do in Brooklyn. But welcome Brown to bag of forty and sit <laughs> in the soup. There it is. How we didn't do it eight years ago. Right. right. <laughs> See, we have a be- we have a veteran on the program. Uh, we have uh, Mansoor. He's been living in Brooklyn for a while. Uh, what brings you to the table here, Mr. Um, I was invited to talk about <laughs> my experiences as a old school Brooklynite who's. Uh, been here nearly a decade. Yeah. Um, before Barclays, when the Nets were playing in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> that's, that's a city we don't speak of. Uh, it's a no, state, no. not yeah. a city. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey City. I gotta say, I like the Prudential Center though. It was a oh, nice the Rock. Bit. The Rock's a lot of fun. Yeah. Me, me, and uh, Justin have a couple memories uh, at the Rock. But, I mean. <laughs> I went there last year to see, um, I, was, I wasn't there for the last game. I had tickets for it, but I was like, eh, feeling lazy. But I hear it was like a really good time. They paid, they paid me to go to a game last, last year. <laughs> no, it, was, it was that bad. It was, it was, it was that bad. It was free. Yeah. We had like front, like right there, right. like center, not center court, but a little off, like three or four rows in. Next, huh? No, I was going to say, what's crazy about going to that arena is, uh, actually, Walking to the arena because uh, we had a we had, we had some close encounters when we uh, <laughs> we had, me and you know, went last season. Yeah, you turn one corner in Newark, you don't know where the hell you are really. It's um, I mean, but I mean that's the kind of how Brooklyn needs to be a bit more than that guy here. Well, yeah. Speaking of, so you've been here for eight what eight years? Uh, nine years in uh, August. Wow. So okay. Um, so this neighborhood, you've been around the same neighborhood, pretty much a mile radius. What what was the biggest difference from like nine years ago, like you said, and, and now? Like how do you feel like has the Nets done anything for the neighborhood? So that's, that's interesting because I don't know if the Nets really have changed. Well, by the time, you know, they built the stadium, which was, you know, if you remember, there was a huge fight mm-hmm. over it. So right. um, I don't, I think people, even then when people were fighting it uh, over building it, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. It's not going to change that much. Um, and I think that's borne out. Like people, right. people still say, like, oh, has you know, I don't want to go out. It's a Nets game. I'm like, 
don't know. He was like, either we're too a little too far away. I don't right. know where the traffic yeah, is. Yeah, do you notice right? it? Yeah, because that was the big gripe when they were first building it. The traffic was going to be a huge issue. The stadium I mean, and people leaving and a million people driving the arena and parking going to be a disaster. But it, 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 it's interesting because I think there was like an assumption that somehow the Nets would become like a New York City team and like people in Long Island would come down <laughs> right, and like people right. in Bronx. No, man, that's like the next. Like the net, net, Nets have a long way to go before they establish that kind of fan base right. where like people will like come from all over the city. So you hit a good note. I mean, um, talking about the Knicks, uh, we don't like talking about them that much here, <laughs> but because um, it's the Brooklyn rebound, not the New York. The Knickerbockers. What do you think of the rivalry? Um, well, I don't know if it's much of a rivalry yet, but I do think this season at least is the Nets match up really well, I guess, with the Knicks. It would be really exciting if they didn't even the playoffs. Um, I mean, right now, um, they, would, they wouldn't meet right now if it's... If, uh, at the current seating, right? Right now, yeah, the seating is uh, Nets are actually in fourth position. We moved up because both decided to lose a couple games, um, and the Knicks are um, in second. Second, yeah. second. Pacers are a half a game behind them, right? right. Third. So, uh, I mean, they could match up theoretically if they both drop to four five, or one of the teams, uh, Nets or Knicks, drop to the six. Right. Yeah. I mean, the they're really we're really looking at them meeting in the finals. Uh, if anything, if they do meet the Eastern Conference Finals. Game. Yeah, which I don't think is gonna really happen. Right. I mean, I, so I, you're I, saying the Nets will be uh, a fourth seed at best? I think they're. I mean, fourth or third, um, maybe fifth. I don't think they'll drop down to six or seven. Okay. I think that's probably not gonna happen. Even though I think they probably have a better chance of beating the, the Knicks than they do some of the other seeds. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> one thing to keep in mind, I think the Knicks have the one of the hardest schedules for the last month and a half this season. Mm-hmm. So they may be in second right now, uh, but, but they could drop down. You know, I guess I think they play the most, uh, or they play. They have one of the, you know, the hardest schedules as far as like over 500 teams. Mm-hmm. So we can see how that plays out rest of the season. But Nets may have a chance, you know, to I catch mean, up and you can pass them. I mean, I, I mean, I like I like the matchup. I mean, I think Brooke Lopez can keep, uh, you know, what's his name, <laughs> Chandler, Chandler honest, right? right? You know, right. I mean, that's going to have to guard him the whole game. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. He can't like cheat off him and like. Do all that crazy right. like stuff. Though. I mean, that's why they're two and two for, for the season, you know. Yeah, you gotta admit too, those games have been ridiculously competitive. Yeah, no, right. Like, I mean, they have been. The atmosphere in the arena for the games that we've right. been in Brooklyn. Right. Just, I mean, just. I mean, there was the first game, uh, which was supposed to be the first game of the season, which was mm-hmm. affected by Hurricane Sandy, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, the first game they played a makeup game almost like three weeks later, yeah. and it was. M- Mainly a lot more Brooklyn fans because I think the Nets were smart to sell. I guess they were selling tickets as part of a package to get to that first game as opposed to selling them individually. Now the second game in Brooklyn that was that was something because I would say maybe sixty percent Brooklyn and forty percent New York, and the Knicks fans were making noise every time Rasheed Wallace shot a three. They were like, "Shoot!" It was just it was everywhere, and it was. That's a crazy atmosphere. Hopefully, hopefully that happens in the playoffs. That'd be, I mean, that'd be great, crazy. That'd be great. But I think that that proves that you know the Nets have some way to go before building a little fan base, yeah, right? right? Before right. they and you went around. to a game, right? Yeah. How, how was your experience at Barclays? You know, I like Barclays. I mean, I think I mean I'm a part of the Madison Square Garden as like a stadium. I see basketball games there a lot. Right. Um, pros. I mean, not really pros. Even college games, I've gone to a right. of games. Um, and but. 
I think I, again, it goes back to like I think the Nets fan base is sort of new. Um, they 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 need to like learn to like be fans. Want to pay attention? <laughs> right. Went to chant. Right. I think it's going to take some time. I think um, that that's going to take time, and it's just not there. So I mean, right. the, and that matters a lot. Like they're having that home home court advantage, right? Because I remember at the beginning of the season. Uh, Darren Williams, like, we finally have home court, but, like, you may right. not if you're facing the Knicks, you right. know? It, right. may, it may be more Knicks fans. And, I mean, that that brings basically a, a really good point because, you know, with the stadium being built, you know, in Brooklyn, um, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was uh, Fantland with uh, Bill Simmons mm-hmm. and Chuck Closman. Chuck Closman was talking about how the stadium, um, he lives right down the street, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the stadium won't affect everyone's lifestyles and habits, really, because there's so many things you can do in New York City and in Brooklyn that you don't have to focus on a team as opposed to, like, say, like a small town, like, you know, or a small city like Sacramento or All Oklahoma right. City, where everything is needed. Like, that stadium relies on everyone attending, you know, the game. Right, right, right. So, like, you know, that's, that's very, I think... That's a that's a good point Chuck Postman made, and you know that it'll take a little bit while for our um, you know fan base to really grow the way it should be. You know, yeah. I mean, and I would point. I mean, the other thing is, you know, you want like sports is for the schlubby guy, right? And that <laughs> maybe Brooklyn doesn't have the same demographic right yet, or maybe it hasn't gotten into areas like you know Sheepshead Bay or the right. ethnic Brooklyn, <laughs> right, 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 right. Where right. once those people start following them. Uh, the Nets or like switch over from the Knicks and Nets, you're going to have a much better home field organized than if you get like people from Park Slope or just transient. Right, right. We have a lot of transitional fans, really, identity crisis fans, like where they're like, oh, I love the Knicks my whole life and I don't, you know, and by living in Brooklyn my whole life. So I don't know, you know, what that means. They're not, you know, some fans don't know what they're going to do with that. Do you have any friends like that? Yeah, well, I was going to bring up like Spike Lee from Brooklyn, (laughs) diehard Knicks fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a he's a Brooklyn guy, so I mean, he lives down in Fort Greene, you know. <laughs> right, right. I wonder how Ethan Hawke also lives in, in uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I know all my Brooklyn celebrities that oh, you know, well, you know, so does uh, Adrian Grenier. Oh uh, yeah, Vinny, <laughs> Vinny Chase, good old Vinny Chase from Montreal. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a member of the Park Slope yeah. Co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, cousin, my cousin is also a member of the Co-op Co-op. Yeah. Shout out to the Park Slope Co-op. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to figure out who he's gonna root for. Like, that's gonna be the difference. That, I, I think once we <laughs> get entourage fans, once we figure out if any chase is rooting for the Nets, then we'll, we'll, you know the fan base will grow we'll automatically think, uh, right I there. I think uh, I feel like Brooklyn did did a good job as far as um, you know pushing uh, I guess the name itself. I mean I mean the games yeah like fan base may not be there, but just look walking around Brooklyn the amount of apparel. That, oh, you yeah. fit, that you see people wearing. You even people that haven't been to a Barclays Center game. Yeah, no, like, everyone's just they rocking, get excited about talking rocking about that Brooklyn right. gear. Yeah. Well, I mean, the design is really nice. Yeah, yeah. look at that. I mean, you guys can't <laughs> see it, but it's <laughs> hornet colors. So. Hey, or the pelican colors. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, some of us have to be fashion forward. Uh, our, so no, no black and white. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, they they had a good idea with uh, creating a symbol that. I think everyone can kind of relate to. I know, I know there was uh, some feedback when the, the colors came out. And they're like, oh, they should actually be colors and not black and white, you know. But I think, I think the whole scheme of it being old school, trying to relate, and also leaving the Nets name was very important because the Nets have a history of not just being in New Jersey, but uh, Long Island. They started, yeah. they started off as the Nets, 
in Long Island. Um, I don't know if a lot of fans know that, but they've come back basically to Long Island. You know, Brooklyn's part of Long Island. So, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so in, in terms of the, the crowds at the Nets, I, I know that you had, we had some discussions about uh, chanting and cheering for the Nets. Uh, do you have any recommendations from you know from your experiences at the Barclays Center so far? I mean, I think the I don't know if um, if anybody's listening. Um, there, there's, there's, a there's a lot of people listening. All you Brooklyn fans. You got like followers on Twitter. Yeah, right? Come on, nine. You got nine now. Nine. Okay. Moving on. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. I I would only um I think cheering is a you need to pace yourself. You know, if you're like out here, if you're out there right in the game and get exhausted, right. That's that's kind of what happened. What happened in my game? People were just really too excited, and they they were by the time the game was getting close to the fourth <laughs> quarter, people were just like didn't know we're already they were like running to get food or trying to get to the bathroom. Like, it was right. just like you need to like do all those things in the first half. Right. Wait, the focus intensity has to come near the end of the game and pace yourself. Right. <laughs> so they're they're running out they're running, running out of things to cheer for <laughs> by the second half. You get that adrenaline rush yeah. walking the arena for the first time. Yeah, no, I mean, oh it's, Graham. It's a beautiful arena. Right out that, that would be my <laughs> No no wonder why when if if the Nets are down, you know, there's they can't cheer anymore. It's not because they're down in an actual score, it's no. because the Nets are just Fans are so exhausted. They're exhausted. I'm cheering for for warm up, maybe. <laughs> the layup line. It's <laughs> pretty exciting. Oh man! All right. Well, speaking of layups, oh, you like that transition? I'm gonna <laughs> You're the master of transition. I know. I know. Uh, the Nets laid up a pretty easy game against the Bobcats. Uh, well, not easy at first. I mean, that first half, we were a little uh, no, right, right, a little scary. It was scary. Um, the Bobcats are notoriously a bad team, uh, have been since Michael Jordan took over and before that, when they actually were established as the Bobcats. They probably have like maybe two playoff ex- appearances, their whole history, I'm not sure. I remember Jared Wallace was uh, one of the members of that team, though. He was on uh, he was on the Bobcats then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the final score of last night's game was uh, 99-78. Um, Nets uh, won in the second half, basically. First half, they weren't, they weren't doing too well. Uh, what do you think of their performance and how they turned it around, Justin? Yeah, I mean the Brooklyn Nets, you know, going to this game, the worst scoring team in NBA in the NBA in third quarter. They're at a league worth twenty one point eight points put up right. on average in the third period. But uh, last night they were down ten going into the second half, and they uh, they turned it around. They came out to play in the second half. So PJ was getting in their ear. Yeah, uh, they opened up the third quarter on a ten to two run. And it was off the races after that. They outscored the Bobcats 28 to 9 in the quarter. It was interesting because I, you know, we were watching the game live together and, uh, uh, I was saying, I was predicting that, you know, the Nets actually would do better in stopping the Bobcats in the fourth quarter because they've done that in the past. They've done it against the Pacers. They've done it against the Thunder at, at Oklahoma City. Like, the third quarter where we know they're just going to be That's bad just, sometimes. Yeah, it's proven. But yeah. this time the Bobcats only scored nine points in the third quarter. And I mean, holding an NBA team to nine points is, you know, they scored the net scored 28, so that's a plus 19 right there in that third quarter. Um, another another note with that was that uh, they they did the first time they took out Chris Humphreys from the rotation uh, permanently. Um, I think I don't know if it's going to be like kind of things going forward because they want to get more minutes for MT3 Mirza Um 
What do you think of uh, the Nets' uh, rotation? I know you've watched a couple of games here and there, but what do you think of what they're doing? In the I mean, right now, they're just like, their offense is just not humming along. I mean, it did for the Bobcats game, right. but you know, right. it is the Bobcats. Right. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a I mean, good point there. They are the Bobcats. No, I mean yeah. well the, yeah. yesterday. I mean I'm a Lakers fan, and you know we were down 25 to the Horn- Hornets last night before we won. But so, right. uh, uh, you know you don't hold your head, head that high. high no, over the the Hornets. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I, I don't hold my head up. Uh, it's pretty low from like being down by 25 <laughs> to the Hornets. Yeah. Right, right, Fair. right. Um, but I mean I really Daryl Wallace, man. I mean if he's not on, they're not they're not gonna. You know, that's, you're playing three on five at that point, you right. know? Um, statistically, last night he had um, – I mean, he was good on defense, but like you said, the offense is where he struggled. He was one for seven. Uh, he got most of the shots at the free throw line, so, he, you know, he got it going there. He had five blocks, eight points, eight rebounds. Uh, but like you said, he was he was this guy who was on the Bobcats. He was their scorer. He was their primary scorer when he was on the Bobcats, I guess – with a net team now that has offensive talent like Lopez and Johnson, maybe he doesn't need to do much, but and also getting a little older too. Though. Yeah, right. I mean, that's sort of, I mean he's like in his early thirties now, right? Right. right. Um, it's still calling crash, so maybe he's just. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's a high energy guy, you know. Right. Um, but I mean, if you have him and Evans on the floor, like together, would Kills your offense. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we discussed this earlier. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> on past podcasts, like Evans just clogs the middle. And yeah, he's like a hustler. And he, he'll, he'll give you, you know, 15, 20 boards a game right. at times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that clogs the paint. And the Nets can't get anything, you know, going or execute anything in the paint when he's there because, I mean, everyone's playing off of him because everyone knows Reggie Evans can't hit a bucket. I think he was two for 19 oh, going God. into the game before, um, uh, before the Bobcats. So, I mean, he's just. I, <laughs> he can't shoot. So what it's do you known. what do you think of the uh, rotational switch of taking out Humphreys and having Mirza Toledovich, your your only leading scorer last year, uh, coming off the bench for more minutes as opposed to Reggie Evans? I mean, as opposed to Re- or Reggie Evans or Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's fine. I mean, they're trying to get some offense. Um, I just don't know why they didn't trade Chris Humphreys, you know, when they had a chance to. Like, that didn't make think, much sense. Yeah, I think he's going he to be a good asset. I mean, <laughs> like next season when he has an expiring contract, it's his final year uh, next season. I think that'll be, you know, teams will be after that. He wasn't necessarily an expiring contract this year. And he hasn't really they had a fair Gordon lined up, right? Or ben Gordon. Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon, Ben Gordon, ben Gordon, Gordon yeah, who yeah. also lit up our nets in the first half. Uh, yeah, Ben Gordon he, playing. playing me, me and game. Justin were really excited about the thought of Ben Gordon joining because he's a former UConn alum and led them to their championship, so we would really enjoy that selfishly. Um, but you know, we don't get paid for making trades for the next, <laughs> so <laughs> that's not that's not a, that's not our job. I mean, not I, job. personally, I like Chris Humphrey. <laughs> I mean, I really like his new commercials, no. which are, which are <laughs> great. Those football <laughs> commercials are uh, if you pretty guys, comical. If you fans have not. Uh, seeing the Foot Locker, uh, James Harden and Chris Humphreys commercials do so if they ever check those out. Uh, Humphreys is making fun of himself as he should because he did not get a good rep when he was on other reality shows or TV syndicates. Really. <laughs> so, um, I definitely admire those commercials and enjoy those as well. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you told it, you hit a good point. Uh, we were talking about this on the last podcast, how our office is limited. With Reggie Evans and uh, you know Crash Wallace, and you know having MP3 in the game, I think is going to help us going forward. Now he did not play well last night. I know he shot a lot of shots, but he didn't have a lot going for him. He, I believe he had uh, let's see here, he he had three points. 
<laughs> I thought it was more than one that. One for five. Uh, one for five. But it was a three-pointer. And one, it, it was a three. That's what he's paid in there to go go do. You know. Do you have any air balls off, man? No air balls for MP3. So, you know, so that's, that's round, round of you know, applause for good. that. No air ball for MP3. Um, something I just want to point out about this game. I mean, the, the Nets. You know, they made a you know solid run second half, and they and the, you know um, solid finish of the game. I just. Overall, though, this turnover is just been a huge issue for them. It was a high turnover game for both teams, it, right? Yeah, it no, was, the Nets um, committed a season-high 25 turnovers last game. So even though they came back and they ended up winning, you know, by, by a pretty pretty decent margin, I mean, they, they hit a season-high in turnovers. Absolutely. So that's that's got to change. Yeah. No, no, I agree. That was a lot of turnovers. And then the Bobcats had only 12. And we somehow, you know, our defense was able to just yeah. limit their possessions. <laughs> and, you know. I mean, skill-wise, the Bobcats are pretty limited, and I think right. they kind of took advantage. I mean, right. but something to know, over the last three games, Brooklyn turned the ball over a combined 66 times. That can't, that can't Which happen. is just unprecedented. That can't like, happen. And just to put this in perspective. As a Lakers fan, I know that can't happen. <laughs> to put this in, yeah, to put this in perspective, last Tuesday, the Thunder, I think it was against the Lakers, yeah, only had two turnovers, two turnovers the entire game. The Nets can't even pull it off in a quarter. Right. <laughs> they no. have more, two, more than two turnovers in a quarter. So, uh, yeah, that's something that the Nets need to definitely do a better job um, taking care of the basketball. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, once they get a steady rotation going, I think it's – I mean, you, the one thing that Nets fans don't realize, you know, okay, they are they have their third-quarter woes, you know, they can't score with their fourth and three sometimes. But at the same time, these, these are a whole bunch of new players that are playing together for the first time. You know, and that doesn't just happen on the fly. Maybe there's one thing I can reference, maybe the 2008 Celtics, where they were able to put together really quickly. But there was not that much talent during that year. You know, the Celtics were a strong team, and they were defensive-oriented. We're still trying to work on the defense uh, and rotation and, and defensive rotation. And I think it's role. tough to build chemistry, uh, you know, with the other players in the flow. When you know you're keep swapping up the rotation, right. keep following the players. They and, and a coach change. And a coach change. Coach change right. halfway through the year. Right. I mean, there's lots that they have to adjust to. But I right. think you know, coming down the stretch, you know, the final run before the playoffs. I think hopefully you know we can get it together and we get a final you know set rotation in, and the players will be able to adjust and you know build some chemistry uh, going into the playoffs. Right. Right. And I. I think this, uh, the ability that they have a good strength of schedule right now, doing March Madness, strength of schedule. <laughs> I mean, NBA doesn't use strength of schedule, but I think I think um, having some teams like you know the Bobcats to play to figure out these rotations. Yeah. Play the Bobcats again, I think, one more time. Play the Wizards. We'll play the Wizards on Friday. We'll play the Pistons, I think, once or twice in the season two. Right. We have a lot of teams, you know. Under 500 teams that we can, you know, use to. They're still good NBA teams. <laughs> I'm not saying anything other than that. But I mean, at, at the same time, these are teams that are uh, trying to look for the draft. They're trying to, you know, figure out what rookies they want to keep, what you know, what players they want to keep in the off season. While the Nets are trying to get to the next level and being the championship contender, and right now, you know, they're just still trying to figure out how they can get uh, home court for the playoffs. So. Um, but yeah, so Friday night, um, I mean, that was a good game by the, uh, by the Nets that came back and won against the Bobcats. Um, but Friday night, they're playing the Wizards, and it's, uh, it's a grudge match for me and Justin over here. Uh, uh we were actually in Washington, D.C. Yeah. a couple weeks ago to see the Nets. That was a, that was a, that they was... weren't playing the Wizards. They were, they were devastated by the Wizards. <laughs> That wasn't even a game. I wouldn't even call it that. That was just that was a pathetic showing on the Nets. Right. Unfortunately. And the game before that was what a double over. No, there was, there was at Brooklyn, a double overtime game against the Wizards. Um, and Joe Johnson hit yeah, a that game winner. Man. I love I love saying that. What we've come accustomed to. We've had a few this season. Yeah, yeah. He's 
I mean, I love saying Joe Johnson's a, a game winner because I'm just it just rolls off his tongue naturally, you know. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, this game, um, I I think uh, is a good measurement game to also play around with rotation a little bit yeah. at home. But not to take this team, you know, you know, too lightly because Definitely they not. they were blown out by almost twenty points last game. I know they made one uh, roster move. Uh, I mean, the Wizards, Wizards are playing five hundred ball since the All Star break, so yeah. I mean, it's right. not. I mean, John Wall, yeah. Something to note: I think Brad, Bradley Beal is actually questionable for Friday. Okay, so you know that can hurt them. He's averaging twenty point eight points. He's an All Rookie, yeah, player. He's like even even playing, especially yeah, especially I think since the All Star break, he's been. I almost really picked well. him up in fantasy. That's how much mm-hmm. I thought he was good. Yeah, play. almost did, <laughs> but I did not. Um, Something else in our favor: Wizards only won five road games in the entire season. So, um, but also, I mean, the Nets are on a three-game home slide. But the Wizards also beat the Thunder, the Nets, and the Heat this year too. They, they're, I mean, they when they put it together, they're they're a good team. Um, they made one roster move. Um, was it? I think it was Jordan Crawford for. Um, uh, He's on the Celtics or for uh, Barbosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tongue twister. <laughs> the Brazilian blur. Um, Leonardo. Yeah, Leonardo. Um, the pirate. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he got traded for uh, injured contract or expiring contract. So Jordan Crawford is now on the Celtics, which I guess we don't have to worry about because he can fill it up too. He's been playing well for the Celtics too. I don't get that line now, but right. But there are two UConn players again with another UConn matchup for uh for the Nets. They're playing Okafor, who's averaging a double double for the team. AJ Price coming off the bench. Uh, he's also a good uh, player. But I think I don't know. I think I think the Nets should take take care of business this time around. Um, as long as they they're able to take advantage of um of their two guard, which I mean whoever's guarding Joe Johnson should you know. Joe Johnson shouldn't have a, a problem guarding, really. Um, uh, what, what do you what do you guys think about the matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a good matchup. This hopefully, I mean, <laughs> what kills us is just Andre Block's frustration. Um, when we were in DC, we saw them play down there. Andre oh, Block, they gave it to Andre. The, fa- the fans got in his head. Right. I mean, he ended up going one for six from the free throw line, sixteen percent, right. right. two for nine from the floor. Right. I mean, he was just, and, and I mean, beyond the stat line, he was. I mean, what he was doing on the floor, he was just he was just out of control and erratic. And I think. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, as long as Blas can, you know, keep it together. <laughs> well, I think in Brooklyn, I mean, in, in Brooklyn, he'll probably keep it together. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, didn't have yeah. to worry about the hot, unless the, those Wizards fans yeah. didn't travel well. <laughs> 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 it's, it's just something to point out, too. Per 36 minutes, Blas is averaging a double-double. He's averaging 19 points in 10 rebounds per 36 minutes. Yeah, yeah he, when he was he starting. He could play. Yeah, he yeah. could play. When he was starting for uh, Brooke Lopez, he was killing it. He was he was doing his thing. So um, if we get Andre coming back uh, to that form, no question the team could not only win this game but go on a good streak with that. So um, hopefully that turns out well. Uh, I think uh, we're we're aiming to go live that game. I think <laughs> we're going live from Barclays. We got to take the microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's allowed in the arena, but um, Iron Eagle and uh, Greg Anthony wouldn't allow it, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they got that game, and I think pulled uh, up after after Sunday. We don't even know. Uh-huh. But um, we're really prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got it at Atlanta on but Sunday. We got Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Atlanta. See, yeah, see I don't have tickets that game, so therefore I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but we will uh, be recapping the Wizards game along with the, the Hawks game um coming next week uh but yeah the nets 
look strong coming after the Bobcats and going after the Wizards. Yeah. Although, you know, I know we've been talking about Brooklyn as, as is, but since we have a Lakers fan, maybe we can get a little, little inside info on what you think uh, your team's going to do going forward. Oh, wow, man. Who knows? They're just uh, so erratic. They're old. They're um, old, yeah. That Earl Clark, he's got some likes. Is that he's Earl got Clark? Some likes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, if you watch the Thunder game, Earl Clark, everybody was beating, uh, the point guard was beating whoever was guarding them. Right. That's just driving straight to the hoop. Even no, their backup point guard. Yeah, Red their backup yeah, Red Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was painful to watch. Um, <laughs> I mean, they climbed back into it in the Thunder game, so, you know, there was some hope. They were down by five at one point after being down by like 15 for most of the third quarter. Right. Um, and then they, you know, Metal World Peace got the ball. And <laughs> just, well, I mean, they had the explosive night the other night with Kobe putting 42 and 12. 40, 42, 12, and 7. I mean, that's, uh, again, that's ridiculous. For a 37, 38 year old man to do that, that's. Play, he doesn't play with 37. Yeah, I know. Well, 34. That would also be a reason why he doesn't play with 37. <laughs> We're the same age. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. See, see, that's why we have the Lakers fans and know what they're talking about in terms of their Lakers. Uh, so, I you mean, think they'll make the playoffs? Though? I think they'll make the playoffs. I think, I think the Jazz have a really tough road ahead of them. They have right. their, their, like, they're a pretty easy schedule. Um, they should win the game they're supposed to win now. Um, I think if they get. Uh, when Gasol comes back, you know, and if D'Antoni's got the run and gun out of the system, if he's not going to, like, make Gasol right. part, uh, hang out by the three-point line and then be the first line of defense against, like, the fast break, which he was doing the first half of the season. It's impossible. It's impossible for, yeah. like, Gasol to, like, right. be the guy trying. I mean, that's why um, injured himself in this room. Do you uh, think he took himself out on purpose? Well, I think he probably did. Conspiracy <laughs> theory. I mean, <laughs> Like, you heard it first on Brooklyn. I, 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 I gotta say, I mean, D'Antoni needs some PR help. I mean, Gasol has consistently beaten him in, in the PR game. Right. Every time, you know, he's gone after Gasol, Gasol's found a way to make him look stupid. Right. Like, when they take him a well, off. Well, he sounds then, really like, sexy because he's Spaniard, too. So, I mean. <laughs> he doesn't look sexy. Yeah. Though, <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, I mean, if, when, um, when he the seven games that you were brought up, you know, where they were like two and five in that or something like that. Right. And, and right. before that, the conversation was like, oh, Gasol's the problem. Right. It sits itself down. The Lakers lose, still keep losing. So, like, eventually the narrative turned on D'Antoni. And so someone probably talked some sense into him, like, slow the right. game down. Let them, like, don't run up and down. Just slow it down and grind it out. You know, half-court game. Well, I mean, we saw we saw the Lakers play a couple of weeks ago at Barclays, and we, I mean, it was an exciting game. We didn't like the result as a Nets fan, <laughs> but you know, uh, you gotta respect what Kobe's doing this year. Um, you know, right? Those are, yeah. I mean, um, maybe you got who, do you, some... who do you guys think you should uh, play? Uh, who would be the best? Man? I know the Thunder would be really tough playing at that. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Spurs are probably the best Spurs. matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, you just want to make it. Yeah, well... <laughs> just get in and worry about it later? Yeah, or? I mean, get I mean, in. How many games out are they right now? Two games out? They're two, two games behind a lost call. So, that's, you know, and the Jazz lost two in a row. They have a tough, I mean... So, <laughs> I think they get in. They might even move to seven or six, you know, depending on if, like, 
And Golden State is yeah, getting involved too. Yeah, but Golden State has mostly home games left. They right. only have like seven road games left, so it's, uh, I don't know exactly how this is but something where they have two thirds of the games are right. Home, so. Well, I mean, um, wish your team best of luck. That's as sincere as I'll sound. Uh, <laughs> well, we won't meet until the finals. The <laughs> until the finals. Until the finals. Until the Nets meet the Lakers in the finals again. Uh, expected finals. <laughs> yeah, this is the most. This is prediction right now. It's going on right yeah, now. We have Kobe and uh, Brooke Lopez. Puppets, but there you, you know, go. There you go. <laughs> I can imagine. But uh, we want to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank um, you. We're definitely going to have you uh, have you on for you know the playoff previews, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get that going. But um, thanks guys for listening. Uh, Dustin, do you want to throw in anything? No. See you guys next time. Let's go Nets. <laughs> Let's go Nets. Uh, all right. So good night from Prospect <laughs> Heights, and uh, goodbye. See you down. Rebound. 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 Rebound.